song. But honestly, whatever the fuck you want, I don't I don't have anything to to trap you with this time. Like an on the run song, you know? Sure. That oh, yeah. Even a good road trip song. A road trip song. Man, nothing is coming to mind. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't sit there and be like, on the road again? Right. Well, that, that's one. Yeah. Well, we just can't wait to get on the road again. Or uh, what's that one? Um, oh, my God. There's one that people like. Uh, Life is a highway. Oh, fuck I'm going to ride no. it all night long. If you're going my way, I will drive it all night long. There we go. Nice. Fuck you for singing the car song. Yes. I think that was a song before that. I don't actually fucking know. I don't I don't listen to that shit, but I just know it was in one of the Cars movies. I don't want to say it's like uh, Big and Rich or somebody. I don't fucking know. Somebody like that redid it for one of the Cars movies. Rascal Flat. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> See, there you go. Apparently we're in Heather's wheelhouse now. Rascal I just Flats. know that because I just remember when that was a big deal, but that's all I got. Uh-huh. Sure. If that makes you feel better. <laughs> we should have had you sing like Kokomo or something because they were, were they were trying Ooh, to escape. Yeah, that's a good, that is Cuba a great song. They were going. Okay, calm down Charles Boyle from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> I'm just if saying you that you Brooklyn see my Nine-Nine, favorite. You've, you think that joke is fucking hilarious. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's just a great song. That's all I'm saying. But... Well, you you sing a song, Jess, and I guess you win this. Let's start the episode. Yeah. Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and I am here with Justin and Heather. As always, and we are here to talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything. In, ooh, I said that way too fast. I got tongue-tied. What we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the movie Queen and Slim. This might get controversial, so sit back and have some fucking fun, guys. Let's start with you, Heather. What did you like about this movie? What did I like? Um, <laughs> For me, I think the greatest thing about this movie was the chemistry between the two leads, um, between Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Jody Turner-Smith. They did a fantastic job as the leads, and I think their chemistry just throughout was top-notch. Um, even when they hated each other and when they were fighting and arguing, it was so natural and realistic. And I think that that is the driving force behind what makes this movie so great is their chemistry with each other. I think it's, it's really great. Um, I am a huge Daniel Kaluuya fan. And so I was not surprised at all that he was great in this movie. Um, I think he's just one of the best new actors that's been around in a very long time. I think he's great. So I expected that from him and Jodie Turner Smith. I have not seen her in anything before this, so I had no frame of reference, but she was great. Um, it took me a little bit to kind of get used to her character because she's very strong willed. She's very um, has in her mind what she thinks needs to happen and it's hard to sway her otherwise. So it was kind of she was a difficult character to really kind of root for sometimes. But uh, she did a great job playing that character for sure. She was very, um, very composed and very just tried to be um, in control of things and very confident in what she did. And she played that part really well. So I thought that was great. I also really just in general like 
um, I like how opposite they were. They were very opposite people in a lot of ways, but it worked. It worked really well for them. They just kind of, they still found their connection and they still found this attraction to each other and this um, understanding of each other on a deep level, even though they were very opposite people. And I think that's a really, that was a really great thing to show because, you know, these two people are thrown into this situation where like it was basically a first date and it was a tender date. You know, it was like they, they didn't really know each other and they're thrown into this thing together that it's kind of like, yeah, we're, we're, we're never not going to have this thing that binds us together and I really like the fact that they didn't start this movie out where they were all lovey-dovey and things were great. Like, it, it was not a great date. You know, it was clearly not going well. And I like that they took that, um, that turn with it. I, I like that it wasn't like a, they were really into each other and like knew each other well and all of that before they got into the situation where they were just on the run together. I like how they did it that way because you see throughout this movie the progression of them getting to know each other and understanding each other on that level and this huge tragedy and this huge thing that happens that really bonds them and connects them and you it makes you think like would they really have ever worked or anything if this thing hadn't thrown them together and there's a lot of times when you feel like it surely sure would not (laughs) like even even um queen in the movie she was just like yeah i probably wouldn't have given you a second date you know but then they're thrown into this situation and you just see this connection they have if they had given each other that chance what would have happened because they they just really really start to fall for each other very deeply and i i just like how they played that because that was a great um slow progression that they did throughout the movie while all of this chaotic stuff is going on around them i like that they made it where it was like most of the time we really don't like each other, but there are times when for whatever reason, we do have this crazy chemistry with each other and it was very well acted and it was very believable. And even just their dialogue with each other, how real they were, how honest they were with each other. It was just really, really cool. Like just the relationship between the two of them was by far the best part of this movie for me to watch because it was so intriguing. It it really kept me invested the whole time because I'm like, wanting to know, you know, are they, are they going to end up together? Are they going to want to stay together? Like what's going to happen here? And it's just because of the dynamic between the two of them that really made me want to just know what was going to happen by the end of this movie with them. So um, definitely that is the driving force behind, I think what makes this movie as good as it is. Um, So I would say that was a big thing too. And I honestly like just the, um, I don't know, just kind of how they just seeing them go through the different emotions that they go through in this movie and sort of realizing things about themselves that they didn't realize until they were in this was um, very real. It was very real and very human to put that in it because how many of us kind of have that where it's like, we didn't know we felt this way about something until we have to force ourselves to think about it. And it was... um, I don't know. It was just really the the dialogue, I think, between the the main characters and the relationship and all of that was so um, I think it was very thoughtful in how they did it. And um, that was definitely a really great part to see in the movie. So, um, yeah, I really I, I would say pretty much that is what I liked about it. But I liked it so much that it's really the for me, the only thing that really mattered to me 
in the sense of if I was going to like this movie or not, because especially it's about these two people. It's primarily these two people in this movie the entire time. And if you can make it work the way that they did with how they interacted and just keeping it fresh and keeping it interesting when it's just the two of them and making it even different from other movies where you see these two people that are kind of like outlaws and on the run, kind of like how they say in this movie, kind of like they're Bonnie and Clyde. You've seen it before, but they make it fresh and they make it different. And I really like the take that they did on this and um, the fact that they're thrown into something together when they didn't even really like each other. And it was just really cool to see that. So for me, that's definitely um, the biggest thing that I liked about it and probably the, the most... I mean, I wouldn't say beyond that, that there's a whole lot I would say was stand out for me, but those performances and dynamic between them was very standout. So that's what I liked about it. Justin, what about you? What'd you like? Yeah, um, I definitely enjoyed this movie. And uh, what Heather says does ring true, in my opinion, as well. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Jody Turner-Smith um, as queen and slim in this movie i mean that's really what carries the film it's just the the chemistry that those two had and how you start with this date that just is just seems like the worst date ever they're not clicking they're not connecting and then all of a sudden they're in this situation with this police officer and the situation's questionable, it escalates, and then all of a sudden, there's a cop dead, and then these two people are on the run. And um, and as they're on the run, just seeing that, that relationship, but how, um, especially like how Queen's character, how she starts as this very opinionated, very strong, like very um, sure-footed exterior, but then as we, um, are on this journey and we get to see more of her, more of those layers are peeled back and you get to see some vulnerability. You get to find out about some things that she cares about and, and sort of what makes her the way that she is. We get to meet one of her family members. And that was also a good performance of uh, Bukim Woodbine as Uncle Earl. That was another um, great performance, uh, seeing that family member and how uh, he tied into Queen's life and everything like that. So I thought that all that was good. But as the layers are peeled back and you get to understand these characters more, their love begins to form. And just the, the dialogue, and not all the dialogue was great, and we'll get the dislikes in a minute, because some of it was corny and some of it is just some of that stuff you hear a lot in uh, love stories and love movies like this and stuff like that. But for the most part, I do think that their acting and their chemistry elevates a uh, elevates this a lot of the times. You go with it because of them. You go with it because you are intrigued by their relationship and where it's going to go and who's going to say what next or how is this character going to react to what that character said and different things like that. And you're just curious about them. You, you want to know more about them. So I definitely think that is the probably the biggest strength of the movie is just the chemistry that those two leads had. Another thing I thought that was great about this film is that it was beautifully shot. Like the cinematography in this is is really that. good. Like there were just so many great picturesque 
scenes and landscapes that they got. And I believe they were in New Orleans and they just kind of um, for some of it. And they just kind of captured that kind of soulful feel that New Orleans has. I've been there several times myself and it's very vibrant. It's very colorful. You know, it's it's a very uh, interesting, soulful place. And I do feel that the film uh, captures that. One scene that I remember in particular that was just a great shot. I believe it was like a panning shot or maybe a tracking. I forget what the maybe panning because it was up above the car, but it's behind the car. And the and all you can see is the back of uh, Queen and Slim's heads and they're driving along. And I mean, the road and everything in the background, it just looked very picturesque and they're talking to each other. And there's a moment where neither character says anything. They just are kind of sitting there and they're looking around and they're letting the moment just kind of take life on the screen. And it was just such a great moment. It looked so incredibly great. And that's one thing that I could say about the film is it was a beautiful film. Like the leads were beautiful people. The, the, like I said, just some of the sets in the backgrounds. And there were just so many times where I felt like you could almost pause this and it would make a good photo album. Like that's how picturesque the movie felt to me. So this director, I, I have to get Melina Matsukas. I have to give some props to her for just how she definitely has an eye uh, for how to tell a story visually. So that was definitely another thing um, that I loved about the film. And um, another thing that I think I can speak from, especially just uh, being a black American and, and kind of keeping up with a lot of the uh, controversy when it comes to police brutality and the different lines that are drawn, black lives matter, blue lives, all lives, whatever you want to call it, that stuff. And then just this political climate that exists with kind of police and police brutality, racial profile, and how that comes into, uh, how that impacts all of us culturally and the lines that it draws and the different attitudes that people have about it. I really love the fact that this film was not afraid to present some of that stuff. I mean, I, and I think that that is also one of the good, one of the good things about the film is that even though it presented some of these concepts and some of these ideas, I didn't ever feel that this film is trying to make you believe one thing or trying to put the audience member on a side. I think really more or less it's just saying this is out here. This exists. These attitudes exist. And this is something that can happen because of these things that of these issues that we really haven't solved in this country. And, and I think that that is an important message. The point of this wasn't for you to take a side. The point is to digest it and have conversations about it afterwards. The point is to get you to think about what happened and all the different conversations that come from it. And, and I think that that is another triumph of the film. And I think that's why critics are raving about it because there is that element that elevates it just beyond a simple story of two people falling in love, though that was the crux of it. 
Um, uh, uh, other than that, I think that the film ended uh, the, the the way I imagined it would end. It, it, they they alluded to it in the previews and different things that this was a black bunny and Claude. And even though you could kind of argue that these two people were kind of caught up in a situation, they weren't necessarily career criminals like Bunny and Claude, uh, but they were labeled criminals by the law, given what happened. Um, and, and even though in the end they do wind up riddled with bullets and shot up kind of the way that Bonnie and Clyde did, there is kind of this story of them kind of becoming these folk heroes or like these, uh, the, 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 this symbolism of kind of this relationship, this man and woman who would die for each other and died for each other and for that journey or whatever, kind of like Bunny and Claude did. So in a lot of ways, those parallels worked for me. I thought that it ended the way that it, it it should have. And I think that most of what this film was trying to say did land with me in one way or another. And the last thing I'll say about it is just that I just like all the different versions of people that it gave you surrounding this. There were people that saw these uh, this couple as they were people who were heroic and they stood up for themselves and they did it in self-defense and were trying to help them. But then there were also people that were on the other side of that and said, man, I think that what you are doing is going to cause more trouble. This is going to cause more harm than good. Um, uh, there, I think it was very fitting that, um, that, that, that there were sometimes there were cops that, that actually kept and felt towards the characters. But then other times you have this riot situation where um, a surprise happens and a kid like shoots a police officer kind of because of the attitudes and their the, the anger and the attitudes that exist out of there can um, produce that kind of behavior. You know, we've seen it before. So that's another thing I think that is a triumph of the movie is that this is all going on in a society that we recognize. But I think the point is to not only recognize it, but understand that there's definitely a need to keep having conversations and thoughts about this. So all in all, those would definitely be the things that stood out most to me about this film. Justin, uh, first and foremost, I want to say that uh, your amazing ability to bounce back and forth between saying Bonnie and Clyde and Bunny and Claude is Oops. amazing. <laughs> Was I doing that? That's funny. Oh, you did that like almost every other time you said it like one way or the other, like you, I don't think you went back to back in any one way, shape or form. Damn. It was amazing. I love every laugh second I go of back it. And listen to this now. That's funny. I didn't even realize I was doing that. Like it was just, it was amazing. You, you started with Bonnie and Clyde and then at one point it became Bunny and Claude. And I was like, okay. And then I think you said Bunny and Claude again. I was like, Oh, does he know? And then you said Bonnie and Clyde. I was like, Oh, Okay. And then you went back to Bunny and Claude. I was like, damn, this is amazing. <laughs> it was a roller coaster. <laughs> what is he going to say? Is he going to say it right? Or is he going to say it? I didn't even realize I was doing that. That's hilarious. I have to go back. And I'm just saying that was like the most amazing way to make somebody pay attention to like everything you were saying. Cause you're just like, what is he going to say next? And you're just hanging on every word you're saying. Well, that's how I drew it up. I guess it worked. Uh, yeah, I planned it. Um, I, I am happy that you, you brought up the cinematography because that's really going to kill a lot of what I was saying I was going to say. Um, 
I don't give it to the director, though. Uh, and I'll explain why later. Why I don't think the director deserves that as much as I do think it's... Uh, his name is Tat Radcliffe, the cinematographer for this movie. I feel like he probably had more to do with that than uh, she did. Because of, like I said, stuff I'll get into later. Um, but no, I completely agree with you. It's it's a wonderfully, beautifully shot movie. Um, I think what you were looking for was an aerial tracking shot because it's following behind the car uh, in that aspect, not painting. Because painting would mean uh, the camera's focus is changing. Ah, okay. Whereas in that, it's not. Okay, gotcha. Um, I could be wrong spe- on the specifics, but I know that that would be an aerial tracking in that regard. Um, but no, it is, it, it is a wonderfully beautiful movie. And, and I, I completely agree with you, Justin. There are times you could just like stop this movie and take a picture and it would just, it could make up like a photo album or like, you know, like photography art shit you see like in a fucking museum or whatever. I, I don't go to museums. I don't really fucking know, but you get what I'm saying. It was just so fucking beautiful. Um, and I'll say this, this movie, I think certain aspects of it were made for somebody like me. Um, Cause when you're telling a love story and your characters aren't quite meshing, but you want them to make that turn into them being in love. And if you do so with a blues dance scene, <laughs> you will win me over every fucking time with that relationship. Any, I'll, I'll take any type of dancing scene as it being the turn, but especially a blues dancing scene. Cause I am a sucker for fantastic blues music in a movie. And of course that's there's this long I don't want to say a long scene, but there's a there's a very good um scene and I feel like that is the turn in the relationship and all these other things and like the turn for kind of where you're seeing the people's uh the people outside of their situation's mentality towards them. I just think that that was a very good pivotal scene for the entire movie. And to top it all off, it had some great fucking blues music in it. And I am down for that 100% all day, every day. And also, like, in, in, in going to what we were, I was saying and what Justin had said, it was all so beautifully fucking shot. They had that, like, r- that red light tinge in that room. Yeah. And it was dimly lit. And, you know, you could see the glisten of the sweat on the bodies. I was like, damn, that is erotic. Like, my heart started fluttering with that shit. I loved it. Loved every aspect of that scene. So very much kudos to that. Um... Kudos to the performances, like you guys said. Uh, they really are uh, the linchpin, like the, that that center that center point that you want to focus on uh, with this movie. Because if their relationship isn't believable, or just their characters aren't believable, this movie would fall apart very very fast. And while I didn't always enjoy uh, some of the things the characters were doing. And I'll expand on that. I will say that I at least believed that the characters were doing it. I never felt like it was the actors making a wrong choice or something like that. I think they very uh, they did a very good job of ebbing and flowing with how their characters changed and evolved and everything like that. It it just was a really uh, really just fantastic job by all of them on that. Um, I'm not gonna lie; it's very weird to see. Uh, flee from the red hot chili peppers dressed up like random suburban dad i just was not expecting him in like a polo and a khaki uh polo and khakis that i know this is the like section just it threw me threw me for a loop to seeing that that's flee from the red hot chili peppers but still fun still liked it i mean his performance is whatever he's a bass player player for a rock band and his character's not that big um 
but also justin i i do believe you're 100 percent right also on uh oh what's his name uh bokeem uh woodbine i think he was uh he was he, he for his character i thought he did a very fantastic job and uh i really liked yeah. uh what's her name his girlfriend yeah uh india moore who played uh her name was goddess in this movie i thought uh she was the main sex worker of his if you will not the one with the purple hair and, but the uh, other one the the one that uh helped um like queen with her leg mm-hmm. and the yeah. one with, that went with them to uh burn down the pickup yeah i liked her too yeah yeah i thought i thought she was great uh and like also shout out to uh benito martinez he's the one that played sheriff edgar the uh sheriff who picks them up on the side of the road yeah he was good i thought he was sneaky yeah, great he was good he's he's in the movie for a whole three minutes but i thought he was very sneaky good with that just playing a guy that got trapped in a situation he wasn't ready for and really kind of showed that humanity of when push came to shove like all he cared about was his son he was like look i don't give a yeah. fuck about you guys right now i just care about my son and I really like that because, like I said, he's in this movie like three, four minutes, and it's just his ability to go from just like nice guy trying to help to wary of a situation to, you know, just those like that base amount of humanity of he's just like, I give zero fucks right now. I just care about my son. Don't orphan him type of situation. Like, I thought that was really fantastic how he was able to kind of weave his way through those aspects in a very short amount of time. It'd be very, very effective. Um, other than that, you guys really kind of stole a lot of my thunder with the like section because um, you guys went into a lot of depth with a lot of the things that I was going to talk about, which is par for the course. It's fine. That's why I go last. Um, so is there anything else you guys want to really jump on real quick before we move on to dislikes? Nope. No, I think I'm good. Well, I'm glad I did that because then I remember something. I really enjoyed the soundtrack. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. I really yeah. enjoyed the, the, the song yeah. choices. Um, I just thought that there was a very interesting way of showing things and just adding depth to scenes with it and i thought it was just very effective with how they used it all right so on to the dislike oh my um me and Justin had a had a conversation about this last night and if he wants to he can bring up what he brought up to me and i've been thinking a lot of a lot about it and everything like that but ultimately i still have a lot of problems with a very uh, particular scene in this movie um and I'd say it takes place about oh, two thirds of the way through this movie or so. And Queen and Slim finally decide or finally figure out or finally whatever the fuck they do, um, decide that they are going to just hardcore fuck. And I don't know about you guys, but I was like, it's about damn time. <laughs> and then they intercut that with a scene of a riot and protest going on. And it really kind of jerks back and forth between the two. And so much show that like Justin had said earlier, like a kid shoots a cop in this riot. It is accidental. It's not an intentional shooting. He accidentally shoots him a cop and you find out later that the kid died and it's more or less implied. He's going to die. It, it, it's a riot at this point. It's not even a protest. It's a full on riot at this point. The cops are going all, you know, tear gas and all this other shit and hitting people with batons and stuff. And this kid just shot a cop like straight up executioner style even though it is accidental, it very much is that type of, of, of shot. And you know the kid's going to die in that situation. Like, there's just no way around it with what's going on. The kid's going to die. And then, like, right after that is when, like, the guy's nutting in the sex scene. <laughs> and 
it's such a jarring thing. And I think so much so that the point of both scenes is a little lost. Like, at this point in the movie when they're having sex, it's kind of showing that they're finally... Like, they've they've figured each other out. That they've realized, you know, the deeper aspects of each other. And they realize that at the beginning of the movie, during that horrific date, that that was all, like, superficial shit. And that they finally moved past all that. And they understand each other on a deeper level. And they're finally connecting. And all of that, I feel, is lost. Because of the inner... The, the, the cuts to the, the riot scenes. And then I, I feel like the impact of the riot scenes is lost. Like it's showing how the temperament of the people and the police officers uh, is at a boiling point and any little thing can set it off even more so than before. And you've got a kid who had just met Queen and Slim like the day before. And, you know, he was inspired by them, even though his dad was like, you should have just taken the fucking ticket and moved the fuck on. And so, you know, it's just showing that generational gap between his father and him, too, and how, you know, maybe people that are younger aren't just willing to accept things because of that's just the way it's been for so long and stuff like that. And I thought that that was uh an incredibly impactful thing to show. And so then whenever this riot's happening and you have this kid who's just amped up and ready to go and he show, he's showing up late when tensions are already at a boil and he gets there right at the same time when it, it finally buckles and it's going bad, going bad, going bad. And this, and this cop comes up to him and he's like, what are you going to do? Shoot me, shoot me. And, you know, the cop lifts his face mask and, you know, he's trying to just talk to him and be like, hey, no, that's not what we're trying to do. We're just trying to, calm the situation down like he's like just go home and then the kid pulls a gun on him and the kid's just holding a gun the cop's just like hey whoa let's not do this let's you know let's just go home let's not do this and then the gun goes off and it hits the cop right in the face and cop dies and you you, you see the shock of, on this kid's face and I, I do think that that was a beautifully done shot too of that automatic horror and oh fuckedness on that kid's face you know i thought was incredibly well done uh, by the actor and and in the in the cinematographer and the director everything i thought that was a very well done shot and then like i said like right after that it cuts to them like fucking in a car and he's like nutting inside her and you're just like whoa it's just it's too jarring and correct me if i am wrong justin because i am going to slightly summarize what you were talking about from a reviewer that about the same scene that it was talking about how you know it was kind of showing that in the moment of when you could be having happiness or pleasure or something like a sensual scene or something like that, it was intercutting it to show like the jarringness of, of how it is in reality, something like that. I could be paraphrasing it a, a little too hardcore. Um, um, I was able to find the quote uh, just as you were uh, asking me. And this is from um, I w we were just talking yesterday about it a little bit. And I was just looking at reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and this review. I want to give credit. So that way it's we're not like stealing it for someone. But uh, this person, which I'm going to butcher this name, Rad Hyan Simone Pillai. <laughs> That's a Wow. Uh, from now Toronto is where I guess the media outlet is. And basically what, what this person says is a sensuous moment is repeatedly and intentionally and frustratingly interrupted by cutaways to a protest where black citizens clash violently with police. Even in sex, their pleasure is punctured with the strife and tension facing black lives was their interpretation of it hmm. okay 
And I do get aspects of it, of that being so. But I think it was just kind of too sloppily done with how they did the cuts. I think there's so much of this movie, and I will expand upon this in just a second, that I feel like narratively uh, are a little too, it's it's too sloppy. That some of these things that were meant to, to, to be intentional, these intentional points and stuff like that, uh, make no sense within the film's context. And so that's why I don't feel like intentionally that that's, I mean, that might have been what they were trying to do. I don't think that they truly succeeded at that and instead just kind of soften the points of both of those narratively and visually speaking. I think by taking away that aspect of the relationship and stuff like that, it does diminish parts of their their relationship and uh, their connection and stuff like that. And at the same time, I feel like a perfectly valid scene of having that protest and riot and everything like that, where I do think it's impactful and important to the movie I think is just narratively visually diminished because it's it's too awkward of a jump between a cop dying and and some just straight up pounding in the front seat of a car. It just doesn't work in, on that level. And I do kind of get what they're saying like even, you know, in sex or even in sensuality, it's punctured by, you know, the violence and everything like that with stuff, but I, I, I find that untrue because even with the even within the context of the movie, within their own lives, they experience this and they're on the run. And then they still just found time to fuck. So obviously their whole circumstances that they were in still weren't so dire or so, you know, extreme that they still didn't find time to do that. So I feel like within that within that that reviewer's perspective of it, I think is just diminished by what is actually going on in the movie within the whole context of the movie, not the specific scene. I just didn't think it was effectively done like that. And I'll expand on it a little more with some of these things with a lot of these characters, like whether it was just a character they run across or a cop in a different situation and all this other stuff, you, it feels like you almost immediately know what that person's going to do. Every time they run across somebody, nobody feels like they have any gray area to anything they're doing like when they run across that cop that you know helps them out and does all this other stuff you know you never really feel like he's a threat to them right and what they're doing and it's from the very get-go even whenever he finds out who they are and all this other stuff you never feel like he's a threat you know so those aspects of it just that's why narratively speaking a lot of this stuff doesn't work for me and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hold this next thing i'm about to say against this movie but it's something I want to hold against society. Can we stop comparing any couple that in a crime situation or anything like that to Bonnie and Clyde or Bunny and Claude as Justin <laughs> likes to call them? Can we just stop referring to them as, as that? Like it's such a dated and stupid reference that nine times out of 10 is solely because of that fucking movie with what Robert Redford, like it never has anything to do with the actual couple, Bonnie and Clyde who were garbage people like it wasn't like they were like a Robin Hood or anything like that. Like they were just two people that fucking did crime because they didn't know what else to fucking do. You know, they just did it because like Bonnie wanted to do it because she wanted a better life than what she had. And Clyde did it because apparently all he could do was steal cars. That was the main thing he did actually was steal cars. So can we just quit comparing them like anything to that? It's just so dumb. And I won't hold this this against this movie, even though it does it. Just because in all honesty, in a real life situation like that, somebody probably would have said it. So I'm not going to hold it against this movie. Let's just stop saying it. And that brings me to, because it was the uncle that said it. There's a scene with the uncle who is 
established more or less as a pimp and he gets in a fight with one of his sex workers and uh like he hits her and all this other stuff and then she starts yelling at him and all this other stuff and it more or less just seemed pointless like i understand the whole point of it was to like a cop shows up and he sees the pickup so like they're like oh no we need to get out of here now and all this other stuff but they already established through dialogue that that particular sex worker had a cop client that she regularly fucked so you could have done the same thing of that cop just showing up to you know have a liaison if you will a rendezvous of a sexual nature and them just being like no not tonight we're not doing that tonight and him being all like but i want to and all this other stuff and that's when he's like oh what's that pickup i'm gonna get a warrant you know you still could have done all the shit they did without that random scene that just didn't really feel like it was necessary to anything they did and so that's why that aspect of it is why narratively, I don't think that the, the director really had a handle on some of this stuff. Because here's another example. And this is a huge spoiler for the end of the movie. Huge, because I'm really breaking down the end of this movie. So the uncle sends them to Georgia to meet up with a guy who apparently was in the military with the uncle. And he was going to help them by hooking them up with a guy in Florida with a plane to take them to Cuba. So they get to their... And that's flee from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And he's like, hey, here's the address and directions because they don't have cell phones, which is smart because they, you know, can't, you know, they can be tracked that way. So it's just here's here's an address and directions to my guy with a plane. And there's some other shenanigans, which was really weird. Like, why does that guy have hiding places like that in his house? That seemed really creepy, actually. And also... Whenever he was like, hey, no, go and hide under my bed. How did they know those floorboard things, those panels came up? Were they slightly ajar so they knew to go down there? Like that part of it made no sense. I'm like, how did they know? I wouldn't have known. I would have just been lying under the bed and the cops would have flipped a mattress like they did. And I would have been like, oh, fuck not. You got me. Because I wouldn't have known there were secret panels in the floor. Anyway, so they go down to Florida and they go to the address, which this address is like in the middle of the road in the middle of the Everglades. Like around them is nothing but wetlands. So I'm like, A, that's not an address. And B, how do you give directions to just the middle of a highway or just country road or wherever the fuck they were? Like, how do you give directions to that? Like, once you turn on this, go 6.6 miles and just stop wherever the fuck you are. Is that what he put on the direction sheet? Because that's what they did. Because there wasn't a house or anything near them. There wasn't a mile marker. There wasn't anything like that. Like, how did the fuck do you give directions and an address to something that is nothing? And so then the guy comes and gets them, takes them back to his trailer. And they're like, oh, so you're the guy with the plane. He's like, oh, I don't have a fucking plane. I'm poor. I just know a guy with a plane. Then why would Flea send them to him? Like, why would Flea say, hey, my friend has a plane? Why would Flea think that that guy had a plane? If he's like, oh, no, I'm poor. I've never had a plane. Why would they think that? So why would he send them there? That aspect of it makes absolutely zero sense and all it is is just this weird long play to set them up to get caught slash shot at the end you know because it meets all the criteria of what they said oh no you're going to go here then you're going to go to my friend down in florida and then you're going to get on a plane and that's the beats they took but what they were actually saying and doing in the movie with those aspects wasn't accurate and like i said so it was just a means to an end because they god forbid they actually just did the things that they were saying you still still could have had the guy turn them in all this other stuff you just didn't have to have it all these weird intermediate intermediate steps that just made zero sense like understand maybe they just were hoping nobody was paying attention to that aspect 
But unfortunately, I was because, like I said, the number one sin, not, not the number one sin, but the number one thing a movie could do. If you don't want me to think of these things, don't give me time to do it. And this movie gave me the time to do it during those scenes. So it was just this weird clash of they didn't know what they were doing. It was very kind of fumbled around to just end it. And and, the, and that's kind of why I don't give the director credit for the scenes you were talking about, Justin, and why I feel like the cinematographer, I feel like had more to do with it than the director did. Is because I do think the director kind of knew overall what what she wanted to do. I just don't think that, or I didn't get the feeling that she was fully in control of how and why she was going to get there in a lot of those aspects of it. So the final note I'll go over, and I promise I'll be done, is these characters, the decision-making processes that these characters made at the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie, I didn't understand how they're... De- how their processes changed from one point to another. Uh, whether it's good or bad or anything, their logic to run after shooting the cop at the beginning is it made some sense. Like within the context of the movie and the situation, I get that. And the whole let's throw away our phones, let's, you know, you can't call your parents, we can't go there, we just, we have to go now. I get those aspects of it. And I kind of understand them putting the other cop in the trunk they're like we're not going to kill you we just you know you can't we can't have you knowing all this that and all this other stuff i kind of feel like that was dangerous because you don't know how long that cop's card is going to sit there for all we know that cop died in that trunk we have no idea what happened to that cop he he could still literally be in that trunk right now i don't know when this movie was shot but for all we know that guy is still in that trunk but i still can kind of understand the logic behind it and then they get to the uncle's I get that, and they do the stuff with the uncles, and they leave with the car, all this other stuff. But when they get, like, the car breaks down, and they're hassling with the uh, the car mechanic, they're like, no, we need it tonight, we need it tonight, we need it tonight. But essentially, it saves them $500 if they don't. I get all that. I'm still kind of on board with that point. I still think they could have just lied. Like, you, you should never keep all your money if you're in that situation all in one spot. You could just be like, if you just given the guy like $2,100, me like, look, this is literally all we have. He would have taken it if you just hand him the envelope. He would have taken it. But that's neither here nor there. You're kind of, you know, they're in a do or die situation. They need it fixed. I kind of get that. But then they're on their way to Georgia. And all of a sudden, Queen decides she wants to go visit her mother's grave, which is kind of a weird, weird thing to do at that point in time in the movie. Because she doesn't know <coughs> that Slim had called his father, which was also dumb. I get why he did it. It's dumb. I'm letting that pass because that they at least weren't stopping anywhere. Like they were already stuck. But like she goes out of her way to do that. And that makes a little bit less sense to me because she was the one that understood why you had to not do those things. And if she was willing to do that, why wasn't she willing to let like Slim call his parents at some point from like a random phone or something? Like you would think that she'd be kind of willing to like, or at least offer it to him in that situation. Like, look, we did this for me, like you need to do it for you. But it was just a weird choice to me. And then one thing, and I know it seems very innocent in the movie, but it drove me absolutely nuts, was that when they're driving down a highway in Florida, they take turns hanging out the window of the car. And I know it seems very innocent, but if you are on the run and you have just been noticed several times, like people that know exactly who you are, and what you're front running from have noticed you several times. Why would you do something like that on a highway that just draws attention to you? I mean, how many times have you been driving down a highway and just not seen a cop car 
on the side that's doing a speed trap and shit like that. So even if you're driving the speed limit, you're instantly drawing attention to yourself by hanging the fuck out of a window. Like I get that there was supposed to be symbolism and all this other stuff, but still just use some sort of fucking logic and you don't do that. Like shit like that is what makes me believe that Queen, while she was claiming to be an excellent defense attorney, I don't believe she was because as this movie went on, she made less and less lawyery decisions like the type of things in the logic games and things like that that you have to do to become a lawyer and like they do entire tests based on to testing logic and and logical principles of just following like from a to b to c like breaking those types of things down all of that went outside the window and i don't feel like it was truly like a growth process type of thing or You know, she just changed who she was throughout the course of this movie. Like, those aspects didn't make any sense that, like, all of that went out the window. And you would just do all these things to make yourself incredibly noticeable. Like, pulling over on the side of the road and just sleeping there in the middle of a highway. Like, a cop car driving down the road will instantly stop and check that out. But they're both, like, pass the fuck out in the car. You would at least try to, like, pull off to the side, something like that. You would, like, they're just, like, right there out in the open. You would maybe find a parking lot, something. Like, you would not do it that way. But it felt like they were doing that stuff like that several times over. Like, oh, let's stop and pet the horses and let's, you know, ride a horse and shit like that. Like, there's 90 times in this movie. I thought that they were just going to get shot at 90 billion times and it just never actually ended up happening. Just a lot of those aspects just felt really really strenuous to me and like i said i know those are the things i shouldn't be focusing on in this movie but fuck this movie made me focus on them and that's why it's in the dislikes oh that's probably it i'm gonna stop i don't want to say anything more justin your turn all right so uh i mean i don't know i guess i was um a little more forgiving for some of those aspects because i do believe that there is this underlying point that um i think it just has to be said that this you know that there was this underlying point kind of like what that uh critic reviewer was saying that you know that that even though these you you essentially have these characters and their lives are hanging in the balance and at any given point there something could go wrong there's this imminent death that's kind of looming over them but i do think that there is this message about like you still have to live your life you know you still have to uh, you, you still have to have some fun. You still have to have, you know, you still have to have a life. You can still find love and despite this, these things looming over you, this societal thing that's happening, this, uh, thing that could essentially kill you. There is a, I guess, a sense of strength or courage to continue to live your life despite that. So I just think it's necessary for me to say before I go into my dislikes that that very much is the the, the black situation. Now, granted, I've never been on the run from police officers, but there have been plenty of times, man, where I've just been doing simple things in my life, whether it was just simply do trying to do my job at work or hell. There's been many a times where I was just simply coming to a show to wrestle. But 
somehow my blackness is called into question or somehow a subject comes up and then and it's some sort of racial subject and I've got to answer for it or somehow, you, you know, you're doing something that you think is complete, even when I'm doing things that are completely unrelated to my race and my blackness, it's called into question. Uh, and I won't spend too much time with this, but I think it's just necessary for our audience just to give some small examples of that. And then I can kind of and then maybe it'll be easy for some people who don't aren't in those situations to see how this plays into the metaphor of the film. But like, shoot, I can just I'll just name a time where I was just in ninth grade. Um, I, uh, You know, I had a white friend in ninth grade. And, uh, he, and, and, you know, we were good friends, man. We had the same classes. We were both in advanced courses. Uh, we often had competitions on grades and stuff like that. And this is still a good friend of mine. Uh, still talk to him to this day. However, at the time, his grandmother, uh, who has passed away, um, at the time, and, and I want to say, yeah, this was either eighth or ninth grade. I, I got a phone call from her one time. And apparently my friend's grades had been slipping, uh, which was unbeknownst to me. He didn't make this known to me. And she basically said that um, that that she thought that I was the root cause of his grades slipping, that uh, just given, uh, you know, uh, who I am and where I come from, she just doesn't think that it's a good idea for me to ever see him again and that I was no longer allowed to the house. And I mean, she just kind of called and gave me the ringer and basically just blamed me for his slipping grades. Um, and I think that might be the earliest time where I really understood that my race was a problem. Like, 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 you know, sometimes it happens for different people. It happens for different people of color. But, uh, you, you, you know, if you ask them, everybody's got a story of that moment when they realized that <laughs> their color was a problem, even though it just I was just trying to be a student in school. But still, uh, racial stuff was called in the question. But this is a story that ends well. I, I caught the woman back stood up for myself, told her that she was wrong about me, that her assumptions about me were not right, that I was one of the top students in my classes. I said that I could help him. I said, look, I'm even willing to help him and tutor him and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, we she kind of listened to me. She heard what I had to say and kind of said, um, and, you know, she'd keep that in mind and hang up. But long story short, she eventually called back. I got an apology. She said that she was wrong, but she says with everything she reads and sees on TV and stuff like that, she developed an opinion about me that wasn't right. And the story ends well. Of course, uh, we, uh, my friend and I are still friends to this day. And from that point forward, she said that I was always invited to the house. Um, and I was, and I was that, that never, she never broke that covenant she made with me. And when she passed away, I went to Corpus Christi and I was present at her funeral. So it's not a bad story, but it did happen. And in that situation, I was just simply just a student in school, just trying to be a friend. But again, but but something crazy just happened just because of what I look like, man. 
So like, and, and I think that that is one of the things I loved about this film is that a, a, a lot of things that happen in this are a metaphor for that. Your life is constantly in the balance. At any given point, something could happen to you just because of what you look like. But there's something about a person who has the strength and the 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 perseverance and just the 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 want and need and just the humanity to continue to live on through that, even though those dangers are out there, even though those dangers always exist. And that that is just something that is real about uh, our situation in this society. So I, I think to that point, some of those situations, I was able to forgive them because I, even though their lives are in the balance, I think there was a bigger story about them uh, still getting closer and finding that love and having those moments with each other, despite the situation they were in. You know, and, and there is something powerful about that because I don't want to live every waking moment of my life. And I'm not going to lie. You know, when I see cops now, it, it scares me just because of the way society is and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm not going to live my life looking over my shoulder all the time. I'm still, even though my blackness has been called into question with certain things with wrestling, I'm still want to wrestle. I still want to be the best wrestler I can be. And I'm still friends with my friend, even though he had a family member treat me that way. So there is some power in taking control of that, despite the situations around you. And I do feel that that was an important message um, in this movie. So I just felt that it was very necessary to say that. Uh, now on to some of my dislikes and, and some of the things that Sterling talked about, I do think um, our dislikes. Uh, so some of the things, uh, before I get into just kind of some of the decisions the characters made, I do think that sometimes the dialogue was a bit corny. And I mean, I alluded to that earlier, like there were just, I mean, I'm trying to think of a line in particular where I was kind of just like, okay, that was a really sappy line. Uh, but, um, but, but, but there were just a few where I was kind of like, eh, you know, that, that really, uh, didn't land with me. So I did think that there were times where the dialogue was not always uh, what it needed to be. I, I do definitely feel that. And I was going to bring up the same thing you did about this person with the plane and then the person he does want a plane or he doesn't want a plane and uh, or, or he does have a plane. But then, no, it's my I have a friend who has a friend who does have a plane. Yeah, I do feel like that there were definitely some plot contrivances and all of that just so that we could get to this very. Uh, very memorable, though, but where, where we could get to this memorable final scene where they inevitably get shot up and stuff like that. I do think that that could have been less convoluted. It was very convoluted how, oh, I have a friend here and a friend there. And I asked the same question whenever they pulled up to the random street. I was kind of like. Huh? This is not a house. This is not a, did he give them <laughs> coordinates? Did he give them, like, I think even in my head, I made a joke to myself. I was like, what did he give them? Latitude and longitude coordinates? Like, how in the world did they find this place <laughs> so uh, uh, randomly like that? So, I, I mean, I definitely think that there was uh, 
some convolutedness to the plot. Like sometimes you did feel like certain things were happening just because we needed to be at this point in the story. Um, and some of those things I forgave because I do think that there was an important metaphor behind it. But then there were some things where I was like, okay, that was um, kind of a little bit of a plot contrivance. And then the whole underground, the thing under the bed, the underground compartment or under the bed cellar compartment thing or whatever. Yeah, it, it was totally one of those things where that he said under the bed and they cut away. So may, who knows, maybe he finished the conversation by saying you got to remove those wooden boards, but we didn't know that. So sometimes that tension, tension like that felt cheap because the cops come in and they lift up the bed and you think they're there and they're not there. And you're like, well, where are they? And then you find they're then they're underneath that compartment. So, yeah, there were definitely things like that. There were obvious contrivances just so we could build tension um, and things like that that. And so sometimes when the film did that, they did stick out to me, ju just like they did uh, to Sterling. But those would probably be the main things for me, just some of those plot contrivances and just some of the uh, dialogue that just wasn't always quite there, though overall, I think the leads did a good job. But yes, yeah, sometimes the dialogue was a little bit like, I think there was a line that Queen said where she was like, when they were talking about what they need for a person to love them. And she was like, I just need a person to appreciate my scars, but I don't want them to heal them. I just need them to be able to kiss every one of them and accept them. Like there were lines like that where I was like, uh, there's a, there had to have been a better way to say that. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get it. I, well, wouldn't it have been wounds uh, like wounds because scars are healed. Yeah. Well, like, how do you heal? A exactly. Scar? Right. So didn't that line just sound like shitty? Like, I mean, I get what they were trying to say, accepting your flaws and not wanting your flaws to go away or anything like that, but accepting a person's flaws, accepting the good and bad about them. So I can be as bad as I want to around you or as good. And either way, I'm going to get that same love and appreciation. I get what they were trying to say, but that totally did not land with me. Like I was like, oh, yikes. That was a uh, it was too long and there was just a better way to say that. And there were just lines like that that bothered me. So, yeah. Okay. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. I'm glad y'all that bothered y'all too. Cause yeah, that was a little rough. I mean, maybe she was literally talking about somebody putting vitamin E <laughs> lotion on a scar. Cause that can help scars dissolve a little bit and soften. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, I mean, because if, if her leg had healed, it would have had a pretty nasty scar. She could have been talking about that. Maybe she wanted to keep the battery. <laughs> but yeah, and you're totally right. Like the correct word was wound, but she said scars. I like, I, I want him to love my scars and not make them go away, but just kiss every one of them and like them as much as me. It was so weird the way that line came out. You know, it was just really, really weird. Well, see, I actually think scars is the right word for what she's saying because she's talking about things that have happened in the past that she's healed from. I think the next part wouldn't have been, I don't want them to try to heal them because most people try to cover up scars. So I think she should have said, uh, 
who sees my scars and doesn't want to cover them up. Yeah. I think would have actually been a better phrase and that- because that's what a lot of people do. They try to cover up or hide scars, but yeah, I don't think you want to say wounds because that would be like something that had just happened where scars are something from the past. Okay. Okay. That she's healed from. I think that that would have been more accurate. I think it's the line after that actually f- fucks it up. It, it is. It is. And the thing is, is that they try to give that some levity because at the end, before they get shot, he says, I would have kissed all of your scars or something like that. Like he he came, but he remembered that and he came back and he's told her that he would have been that person to basically accept those scars. But if the line had been better then, then he could have said it a better way at the end of the film also. So because of the way it came out, he had to say, I would have kissed all your scars. And man, I just think there was a better way to have said that. Like, well, I mean, I, I think that that would have still worked if, if the first one had worked out better. Maybe so. Maybe like that's if you weren't problem. bothered by the way it was worded before, it would have still worked. Because I think if you put it into the context of, like I said, you know, I want somebody to kiss my scars. I don't want somebody to cover them up. I want somebody to accept them. You know, and if he had said then later, I would have kissed all your scars, it still it would have worked. I think okay. it would have been more effective. Maybe the, you're right. Maybe it was just that initial. It, it just really was a punch in the mouth and i was like i didn't like the way that sounded and so i guess i just that just that taste just lingered and so even at the end well because (laughs) you know yeah because of the way it's worded because of the way you took it whenever it was initially worded any reference back to it's gonna fail yeah true true so no i totally get why you're upset by that anything else justin no that's it for me i really think going back to that scene too where he's like you know I want somebody to write or die because, you know, I want them to be my legacy and all this other stuff. I think she, instead of saying, am I your legacy? And he was like, of course, or whatever the fuck he said. I think she should have said to him instead of, am, you know, am I your legacy? I I would think she should have looked at him and just says, she should have just said, I am your write or die. Yeah. Because of what was about to happen. They just should have hit it right on the head. Yeah. And just, she should have leaned into that more too. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that was more cheesy, I think, than the other one. Because that that actually kind of annoyed me. The am I your legacy? I don't like. Maybe it's about that word cheesy too. Maybe because I'm one of those weird fucking people. Maybe because I'm one of those weird fucking people that gives zero fucks about my legacy. So I don't use the word legacy ever <laughs> unless it's in the title of fucking something I'm talking about. I just hate it when people say that. <laughs> like when people bring up their legacy, like that just sounds like ugh. Who gives a fuck. Like, that's all I think of when people talk about their legacies. Like, nobody fucking cares. <laughs> so, I mean, it just, when she says, am I your legacy? I'm just like, Ugh, like audible groan. Yeah, that and I was the same way. I was the same way. And it sucks because, like, the actors were doing such a good job. I mean, there was a lot of emotion going through that scene and they were about to die. And it was almost like that last, they just needed to... Uh, let each other know that they loved each other and it was okay. It was okay that this was happening because we found real love. And I wish the lines were just better for that. (laughs) I mean, let's put this into some context. Like let's go back to a movie. uh, It's a little while, just a little ways back with, uh, was it born a star or a star is born? I always fuck up the name, whatever the fuck that movie is. Uh, Bradley Cooper, lady star is born. Yeah. Sure, that one. Like, we talked at great length in that podcast about how they seemed like they were in love with each other. 
like because of how well they were acting and i feel like uh the two actors in this movie did a lot of the same type of things but like just say like uh it's bradley cooper and lady gaga and they're staring at each other's eyes and you're like fuck that is love i don't care that's love and then bradley cooper just turned to her and says i want to fuck your face it would instantly take (laughs) you out of the fucking moment and I think the whole, the way they're looking at each other, you feel love, you feel emotion, you feel um, panic, you feel just this whole gamut of emotions. And it just, all of a sudden, am I your legacy? You're just instantly just like, you go from feeling all these things to, ew. (laughs) It just takes you right the fuck out of the moment. And the sad part is, is they had already nailed it with another line. Whenever she said, I'll hold your hand to the end and grabbed his hand, that was it. You nailed it already. There. Yeah. That was it. You could stop there. That you already that was it. All right, man. you know how you beat that? That was it. Then he You beat that. You beat that how? with have him like whenever that that happens and like they're holding hands, right? Because you have that line and they're, they're holding hands. And like have him just take her hand and like just have it kind of zoom in on her hand a little bit and you see a scar on her hand and he kisses it. Bam. Oh, All of it's that would have been good. Done. Yeah. Oh, that would okay. Okay, that would have been sick. That that would have yeah, been that sick. Was good. Did all of it done? That would have no been no cheesy sick. dialogue. Just or fucking I, nailed. Or I wish. Or if the cop had shot her in the arm or something, just something where he could have quickly leaned over and kissed the scar, see, and we would see, have all. Gotten I, I, it. I thought that at first. Something like. Then I was that. like, oh, he would have had to like get down on his knees and kiss her thigh. That would have been a little awkward in that scenario. Like all yeah, these cops so with gums on them. So yeah. yeah it, that's what I'm saying. Like, since like they're yeah, already holding need, hands, it would need to be like, higher. Since they're holding hands, you know, he can just like lift her hand, like you just see the scar in it, and he kisses it. So it's just both of their things yeah, at the same that's time. Totally yeah, it's both of their things at the same time, but non-verbal. Like it could have yeah. been you said it verbally earlier. So then give us the non-verbal cues. They the 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 actors give us a good look, man, and they they just. You can just tell, and it feels so real, and then, bam, it happens to him. And that would have came off just so much better. See, we fixed it, and all we did was just took some shit out, really. Just added some, you know, actions. Yeah, got rid of the garbage so, dialogue. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, Heather, your turn. What did you not like about this? And it's interesting, that too, because as far as that goes, I do agree. I think it would have been better to do the nonverbal cues, because a lot of how they're expressing what they're feeling and things like that. It is through the dialogue in the movie, which like I had said in my likes, I liked the dialogue for the most part, like thinking back on it. Yeah. Maybe some of the things could have been worded a little bit differently and things like that. But overall, I really liked the dialogue they had together and just how very um, genuine it was and how very realistic you feel like those conversations were you know they were going from like these deep conversations to these really just like normal get to know each other conversations and so i really liked it but um but you're right i think especially at the end there like the whole legacy thing was not really i wasn't really feeling that as much so i think yeah if we would have done that ending it would have been better um yeah i mean there's not a lot that i can really say in my dislikes that you guys haven't already mentioned mostly it really was um I actually feel like as much as you see the emotions that they're going through and everything, the whole initial impact of the fact that um, Slim just killed this guy, the the initial impact of that, I don't really feel like they they showed that to the degree I expected 
based on the type of character that he was. You know, he was a very like um, very devout in his faith. He was he doesn't drink. He doesn't do any of these things. And so to go from that to just like, you know, I killed a man, you know, like you don't see like the freak out moment. You don't see any of that. And maybe it was for the purpose of like, no, this just happened and we just have to go. We just have to give be on the run and we just have to deal with it. So there was no time to process what happened. But I really just feel like it would have helped us to relate a little bit more to his character in that situation, if it had shown a little bit more of like an initial freak out moment or even the moment when he, they're in the uncle's house and you see him in the mirror looking at himself and just kind of going over what happened, you see a little bit of it there. But I just feel like if you had seen this whole like he just was this broken person because of what he had done, even if it was self-defense, the fact that he just did something he never expected he would ever do, I think that that would have been something that could relate to the audience a little bit more in situations where they're like, this is never going to be the kind of person I am. And oh, unexpectedly, I'm this person. How am I dealing with that? And that guilt that he felt that he kept talking about feeling, I wish that they would have shown a little bit more of that initially when he did pull that trigger and kill that cop. So that for me was like, I I feel like I was missing that. I I would have liked to have seen that um, just in the context of what had happened, you know? So, um, and then the other one too, also my huge one is just so many of the decisions they made were just really not good decisions and not thought out. And you feel like, what are you even doing? I mean, yeah, like you were saying, Sterling, like um, Queen, you know, she's, she's this attorney and she's apparently like really great at her job and all of these things. But then her initial thought is just like, no, this is what we have to do. And like, just, I just feel like all the decisions that were made were very, while they might be accurate to the fact that you're just in the moment and you're just doing what you think in that moment needs to be done. I just feel like for somebody who is a lawyer, like there were a lot of decisions she made that I feel like she would not have, or she should have done differently. Um, Even the sense of like, yeah, they're on the run. They just have to go. And she's like, there's nothing left here for me. I'm like, what about your job? Like if you're in this excellent lawyer that you say you are and you have this career and all these things that you've worked for to prove that you're a great attorney, you're just willing to just be like, I don't care. I'm going to leave it behind. I'm going to go somewhere else and just run away. Like, I feel like that is, it's like, well, what about this job that you have, you know? And like she said, she had no family, but I mean, she was an attorney that was defending people who were, you know, apparently there were big cases. So I just feel like, I'm like, well, what about that? Like, that's something that you think she would think about in the whole aspect of running away. And just in general, like, I feel like she, I feel like there were situations where she um, made it worse before it got better. Uh, Not saying that um, Slim, I think his name was, was his name Ernest, I think was his name. Anyways, whatever his name was, he didn't, I mean, he made a lot of bad decisions too, but I just feel like her stubbornness and thinking that she was right and everything that she said did make it worse before it got to a better place. So mostly my biggest problem was like, there's so many decisions they made where you're just like, what are you doing? Like, why is this the option that you came up with? You know, so, and even, yeah, just the simple things of like, oh, we're trying to really get out of here, but I'm just going to stop and I'm going to, you know, go talk to my mom's grave or I'm going to go stop and like ride a horse and 
I understand that they're doing it because they're like, we don't know if we're going to make it. So we need to live our lives, which I understand. But just the, and it was just funny because there were times when it was like, yeah, let's just slow down and enjoy. And then there were other times when it was like, no, we don't have time for this. We have to go. And they just really went back and forth on that a lot with what they thought they should and shouldn't make time for. So that really, yeah, just mostly decisions they made where you just feel like a lot of the craziness that happened could have been maybe just slightly more avoided or gone a little bit more smoothly if they had tried to make a little bit of better decisions. So that was my biggest thing with the movie was that. And um, yeah, I mean, that was that was mostly it really it was just those decisions. And thinking back on some of the things that you guys were talking about with like, yeah, how did they know those those the uh, floor was going to open up for them under that bed and just these things were like how like they didn't explain a lot you just there was yeah it was a lot of things that were done just for the sake of we need to get to this point in the movie so this is how we're going to do it you know so it was um and even the um like the reaction too of finding out that that boy died also how did that how did they know that that boy died you know what I mean? Like, because they heard it from the family that they were going to see. So I'm just curious how they like knew that that boy who they happened to meet died. Was did they know the car guy? They didn't, right? Well, they no, no, no. They said that um, when the couple was talking to them, they said that afterwards, after the kid was shot, that the father came out and said he had just fixed their car. Okay. I guess I uh, Queen that. car the day before. Got it. Okay. Um, yes, it was. It was just like right after that. Like they just kind of, yeah. they just say it in passing as they're talking. Okay. About okay, that makes sense then. But either way, like just them finding out, like that that kid that they you know had this small conversation with and small connection with, who clearly looked up to these two, that he died in this riot. Like their reaction to that was a little bit lacking as well. He was just like, we were just with him that's crazy. Like not really. I just feel like the way that they're processing these deaths happening wasn't really what I expected. It should have been based on just who these characters were as people. So I think that was a little bit off putting because I'm like, well, this kid, he's a kid and he just really like was talking about how much he wanted to make a mark on this world. And you were literally just with him and he just died. And they're just like, Oh, we were just with him. When did that happen? Oh, and then they just like move on from it in like two seconds and they're just done with that. So it was just kind of, I think maybe mostly, yeah, just the way that they handled finding out that people had died or killing people, just that part of the emotions that you see them going through, that was the lacking part of it. All the other emotions were great, like how they, you know, you're just seeing everything they're going through and how they're growing and learning and all these things is great, except for that aspect where I feel like their responses to the deaths of people that they have interacted with was just a little bit less than what I expected. So I, I, I do agree with you, though, about him. He should have been a little bit more shooketh. Right. Like when he was like after he got the haircut and he's like staring at the mirror and stuff like that, like. I've been more visually upset when I'm looking for my <laughs> wallet that I can't find. Right. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not blaming uh daniel kalua for that like because i'm sure he did exactly what they we've told seen him, him to do, do that it. before where he could show that it's emotion just, really well just not in this movie <laughs> yeah he just 
you know, I think he, like, it was just so weird. Like, he was just, like, staring at himself and, like, laying on the bed and all this. And that's, like, all he did to process, like, having, like, accidentally taken a man's mm-hmm. life and put his entire, like, existence in, like, upheaval. Yeah. And then just kind of, yeah, he kind of just justified it as, like, oh, I'm just used to always saying I'm fine when I'm not. And then that was kind of the end of it. It still didn't go into, like, no, I'm not fine. This is what I'm feeling. And you, I just feel like there should have been this point of seeing him being very broken about it. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because he says that line, but then you would think that like you would show something like a breakdown or something of him being like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not okay or something like that. Like she just like says that and it's just like, Oh, okay. Right. Well, cool. We'll see how this goes. Yeah. I think um, a, a fundamental problem with his character is just that we really didn't get that background or development with him to kind of really know what exactly what kind of person he was like i mean i got the bare bones like okay he's pretty much just a good citizen he's a mild-mannered kind of a good person uh type of character but you know, I felt like when it came to Queen, we got layers of her. She was this attorney, but she obviously had issues communicating with people and social issues, and she didn't have that many friends, and she had kind of secluded herself. There was this whole um, controversy with her uncle and her mother dying, and so there was all of that. And so all of this kind of affected the kind of person that she was uh, socially. And she put up this hard exterior because of those things that had occurred in her life and everything like that. So her, I understood a lot of her reasons for doing things and why she was the way she was. But when you look at Slim, there right. was no story with him. You know what I mean? There was no story like that with him. There was no, well, my father and I, we used to do this. And from that moment on, I was this kind of person. Or, you know, there was nothing that they didn't develop him that way. They just kind of said, oh, he's just a good guy. All right, let's continue on with this story. So right. now he didn't get, you know, what? that's the problem. It's not how he was looking in the mirror or how he reacted, but we didn't understand why he reacted that way because we didn't get those story background things. You know what I mean? And that's the problem. Because I was like, because I was like, man, I feel the same way, but I feel like there's more to it than that. And I think that's the problem. He didn't get the development that Queen got. That's yeah, I think that's very true too. like, I mean, you see a very, very small bit of it when he's telling her that story when she's trying to fall asleep and you kind of learn a little bit like, okay, so where he gets like his, his faith from and things like that apparently was from his grandmother and all this. But then that story kind of turned into being not really anything. (laughs) So it was just kind of like, you get a very small glimpse, but not really. And especially it being the fact that he is the one who actually shot and killed this cop. He's the one whose life was in even more upheaval because of the fact that he's the one that actually pulled the trigger. I feel like they should have given him a little bit more background development so that we understood him a little bit better. Yeah. Guys, I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about. He was developed the fuck out of. He told that story about asking all his family members about where babies come from. What the fuck else do you need from a character? I mean, yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's all we needed to know about him. And it just, yep, 
all of it's clear. <laughs> His entire past was revealed. I don't know what else you need from that. Right. And I mean, maybe you are right with that, Justin. Like, maybe that is a very reasonable reaction to him having killed somebody within the context of his life. But he's so underdeveloped compared to Queen that you don't get that sense of where he actually should have fallen in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, he gives that one liner of I'm so used to saying I'm I'm okay when I'm not. Why? Yeah. Why? Exactly. Exactly. why don't you drink? Like, and it's not like, you know, I know that people have lots of reasons why they don't drink, but like, it was a very specific thing. pointed point yeah, of the movie. Exactly. He, he said it multiple times. I don't drink. I don't drink. Yeah. You know, I mean, not to be an asshole to you, Justin, but you're straight edge. You would have loved the opportunity on at least the fifth time you said you didn't drink to go. I'm straight edge. <laughs> like you wouldn't just keep oh, saying, I don't drink. You would, you, 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 you'd have to bring up your straight edge. I mean, like at a certain point, if you're if you're making it such a point in the movie that this fucker doesn't drink, then say why. But right. then at the bar, he just took the drink and drank it and chugged it. So it was kind of like okay, well, he didn't well. chug it, Justin. It's a fucking shot. You can tell you don't drink. He he took a shot. That's not chugging anything. That's what it is. Well, he, he took did a it. shot. He went go go or whatever. Man, I'm straight edge. I don't. Yeah, it's called taking a shot. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. You don't fucking drink. Litter Pro, Litter Pro set you straight here. He just took a shot. He didn't chug shit. And that part, I kind of well, got that part too because like, it, you're right. I think it, that he should have mentioned, especially like when you're at a bar, it's like to say, oh, I don't drink. Like if you don't drink and you're in that situation, just be like, oh, no, thanks or something. Like you, you, could, you don't have to say it unless yeah. you feel like you're going to explain why you're saying that. But um, in the sense of him, like, actually drinking that drink, I get it because he was just kind of like, I think he was just kind of like, you know what? Screw it. Like, we might not even make it out. And you know what? Like, we're here. This is like we're living in the moment and I'm just going to do it. And I, I understood why he did it in that moment. Kind of like when he um, took the uh, the thing from the guy when he was smoking. Like, I understood why he did it in the moment. Yeah. That's sorry. I was missing my words at the moment. But yeah, like. When he did that too, it was almost like a we're in the moment, whatever, just do it because we're we don't we're not going to make it out. I feel like they kind of already in their mind had set out that they probably weren't going to make it, even though they kept saying like, you know what, we're gonna make it, we're gonna make it. I feel like they had come to terms with the fact that it was a strong possibility they weren't. So I understood why he did the things yeah. that he's not used to doing, but at the same time. Yeah, like, just like, oh, no, I don't drink. Like, explain it then. Like, why? I mean, if it is, maybe it is something about, like, his faith and all of that, because they made that a very strong point in the movie, too. But if that is the case, then say it. Like, explain why, you know? Well, there's a, there's a really easy fix to this, because, and it fits within the characters, too. Because after that bar scene, when he does take that shot with her, like, why in the car wouldn't she go, well, why'd you take that shot? I thought you didn't drink. Right. She's very much that type of person that would have called him on the bullshit type of situation. Like, why didn't she bring that up? Like, hey, you said you didn't drink. Why'd you take the shot? And then he could have explained why. And we would have right. had the perfect opportunity to do so. They just went, man, we don't need it. Yeah. And I do feel like there were moments, too, when they should have kind of built a little bit more on things that some of their actions that they didn't. Like, for instance, when they go like when they're sitting with the family that you know, they're going to get the plane from the guy they know, Flea and his family. Um, you know, she decides she wants to pray at dinner. And 
obviously he's looking at her like oh, what like you don't believe in god what are you doing you know but like he didn't even ask her about it and i just feel like those are sort of things that like character developments that happen that you're just like okay well you're doing something out of character for you normally so let's kind of build on that like let's talk about that in the context of this movie since dialogue was a huge part of this movie there were those moments i feel like they should have expounded on it more than they did you know like him with the why don't you drink and why aren't you reacting in a different way and her with the why did you decide you wanted to pray when you don't believe in god and just these things that they should have gone a little bit more into why are they taking these actions when they normally don't yeah yeah like um i was just gonna say i don't know if maybe they were thinking that was maybe that their way of saying that the two characters were growing on each other because you know how sometimes you you will have in movies where this person does something uncharacteristic because the person that they're falling for does it and then vice versa you'll have them like do things they're not you, you know in beauty and the beast she picked up her bowl with two hands and drank it like the beast did or you know you you know you have little things like that and i want to say maybe that's what they were going for but but like you said because we just didn't expound on those things enough i didn't understand why and that's what i was going to say about the whole thing because he was like i don't drink i don't drink i don't drink well when he drank it we didn't really get an explanation. And then here she prayed. And I think it was to say that they were growing on each other. So they were trying to like fit in with each other because they were starting to care more about each other. But I can't even really say that with definitive evidence, because like you said, there was just a lack of development. But I think that might have been kind of what they were going for with that. But I don't know. I I think that that is true. That is probably what they were trying to do with it. But again, there were so many moments they missed where they could have explained it. Like again, with um, when after they leave that place and they're driving and whatever. And then she says, um, like whatever it is where he says, like, um, don't, don't swear on something you don't believe in, you know? And that's all he kind of says to her. And she's like, okay, fine. Then like, I swear on you. And, you know, and that was a good moment. And I understood like what that was but it's also like that could have also been a good point to be like so why did you decide you wanted to pray like what and then it could have it could have been more of if if that is what they were doing they could have built you having a stronger connection with these two characters as a couple if they had explained it more you know to be like you know what like it's not something i believe in but you know because of what i see how i see that you are with this i want to I wanted to try it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like if they would have, it would have built us caring more about them as a couple, if they could have explained a little bit more of those details. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, especially because they did take time to explain some aspects of their behavior. Why didn't they take time to explain those? Right. I mean, that could have really kind of driven more, like driven more of their bond. Like you would have seen, exactly. more of it, like, understood more of it. It like all it would do would help, show their bond with each other why would you want to skip those exactly yeah like all it does is further the point of your fucking movie yeah but then they want to have like like show all these like debates because like it showed they had this really great way of like playfully like pointing out things to each other and so they could have used those and kind of shown how it was becoming like softer where they weren't doing it in an aggressive or defensive way but showing it in a way of 
I'm interested in you or I care about you. I want to know why. Yeah. You know, because at the at the beginning of the movie, when they're doing that stuff back and forth, it's aggressive and defensive and all this other stuff. And you could just see it soften, but them asking the same type of questions as the movie goes on. Like, oh, why did you take a drink? You know? Yeah. Or, you know, like you said, why did you pray? Like those little things, they could have had that same type of banter, but showing it from a different perspective as the movie goes on. Yep. So anything else, guys? Nope. I am good. All right. Recommendations and score. Heather, go. Um, This one's a tough one to say if I... You know what? I would say, yeah, I, I recommend it just because of um, I think it's a, a really master class almost in how to show a chemistry between a couple that's like a couple you can relate to. You know, it's not like a um, fairy tale, whatever type of love or relationship. And I really love that they didn't make it that. And it's funny that you had mentioned a star, um, a star is born before too, because I was actually thinking aside from that, because I think that is the most amazing chemistry that I've ever seen between two people in a movie. This one is really close. Like, uh, and the fact that they're so back and forth with their feelings for each other and you see that developing throughout the movie. I honestly just like, I think it's top notch in how they do the chemistry in this movie between these two characters. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, it's, it's really strong acting, but it's one of those movies that it does make you think when you're, when you're watching it and you're seeing the events that unfold, it really makes you think. And it kind of gets you a little bit on a deeper level too, even when it comes to, relationships and things like that like it just kind of makes you think a little bit and for that reason i do think that it's honestly like it, it is something that you should watch um to be honest with you too like i would probably just watch it because i'm a huge daniel kaluuya fan i think that his acting is ridiculous so even if you're just like a fan of him specifically watch it because he does just a great job in this as he does in everything but yeah so i i would recommend this movie um my score for this one, um, just because because the the main relationship is the driving force of what this movie is, and it is so fantastic, that is the thing that I would say I most liked, and probably one of the only things that I would say stands out in this movie, for me at least, but it is so strong that um, I, I, I have to give it a good score, and just kind of how they progress the movie in general, the the general progression and how they paced the story for the most part was really well done. I'm going to give it um, seven police officers helping Queen and Slim get away out of 10. So I'll give it a 70. Justin, go. All right. So do I recommend the film? Uh, yes, I do. I think that um, this is one of those that as far as ro romance movies or love stories that have come out this year, honestly, this is one of the better ones. Um, you know, it's not like there's been this just this vast super selection, but I do think that overall, this is one of the better ones. It's very stylish and vibrant and colorful and very beautiful in visually in how it tells this story. Um, it's got some solid acting performances. And like we've all agreed here and said, the chemistry of the leads is there. Um, and, and, and a lot of times with like 
love movies. The, the, there's just something that I I always try to grade them a little bit differently because 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 a lot of times with these love stories, you kind of know where it's going. You know how it's probably going to end. You you know kind of where these love stories are going and you got these these two characters and eventually they're going to fall for each other somehow. So we've seen that story a hundred times. We know where the story is going. So then I look further and go, okay, well, what was the journey like? It's all about the journey. What did this move? Did this movie take me on a fun and interesting ride? What was the moral or what was this movie trying to say? Did it have anything to say? Did it say anything uh, in the end? And I think that for the love stories that have come out this year, this one is right up there with, with one, with the best ones. Um, it, it, it does tell a very beautifully shot story. It does have that chemistry with the leads and everything like that. The journey, for the most part, I did enjoy. I I was intrigued uh, with the movie throughout, watching these people grow in their relationship. And then on top of that, I think it spurs a lot of conversations to have outside of it once it's over if you go to see this with people there are conversations to be had about this police brutality narrative and all of the different sort of viewpoints that it presents there's a there's a there's a viewpoint in there about how you know not every black person is a good black person and not every not every white person is out there to get you and not everybody agrees that when these situations happen there are people on both sides of it and lines are drawn and different things like that so all of that is definitely portrayed in there. The film doesn't give you a solution, but it does present it and say, this is what is. These attitudes exist. These things can happen. You know, if you uh, over demonize the police, that leads to bad actions and attitudes and like that black cop that got shot by the little kid. So I think that that's the thing about this film is that it's more than just a love story. It's more than just uh, the chemistry of the leads or the beautiful shots. There's also it it had more to say than even just that. So for that, I'm giving it more. And even though not, it wasn't perfect. It's definitely a flawed film like we talked about. But it is definitely more that the the sum is definitely more um and means a lot more to me than the things that I didn't like about it. I think it's very meaningful and I do think it should be seen by people. Whether you're fans of these actors and actresses or not, or even if it, even if you watch it with someone and just kind of want to talk about how you interpreted it, I think that's a worthy conversation to have because it spurs different viewpoints and different conversations just like it did tonight. And I think that's ultimately the power of the film. Um, I'm going to give this film, we'll go with, we'll go with 85, um, 85, man, I want to say something good, but I don't know. 85 scars being kissed all over Queen's body out of a hundred. <laughs> Um, I do agree with you guys for the most part. I do think that the acting performances in this and the quality of the love story uh, do elevate this movie uh, pretty high. 
And I do feel like no matter where you fall in the conversation, this movie is worth a watch just to help with the conversation. I think that it can kind of enlighten a little bit. It can it can kind of help you see um, some things you might not have seen or understood before in a different way. And I do appreciate it uh, for that. But unlike Jasna, I don't think this movie rises above the sum of its parts. I kind of think it, it, it sums pretty equally. I think its parts sum up to exactly what it is, which is a a good and necessary film that is good, but not great. So I will give this 70 fleas and a polo and khaki pants <laughs> out of 100. Anything else, guys? Not for me. I'm good. Nope. On that note, thank you guys for listening to the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out at www.cinemaslayers.com. Go to the top right-hand corner. You'll see a merch icon or button or word or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Click that and check out a merch shop. we got a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema underscore Slayers. Uh, email us. Rate and review us. Just let us know what you think. Let us know what you want. Let us know anything. Let us know what you thought about this movie. Let us know what you thought about our thoughts with this movie. Uh and like I've said on our previous podcast, we will be going into the year 2020. Uh, we will be changing things up a little bit, trying out some new things, going back to some older things, just really kind of playing around with what we do to make this a better uh, podcast uh, for you guys. So let us know what you think when we start doing that. And, you know, and if you don't like something, uh, don't worry too much because it might not stay that way. So we're definitely going to play around with some stuff just to see if we can make this uh, more interesting and better for you guys and just kind of uh, approach um, maybe some more things with movies that we kind of used to and maybe don't as much anymore. And we want to try to get back to some of that uh, because we really enjoyed it. So just get ready for that, guys. And other than that, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. Mm-hmm.